Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. Hey, everybody. Hope you guys are having a great day. Welcome back to the show. My guest today is a student, a team member of John Maxwell. If you guys don't know who John Maxwell is, he's amazing. He's probably one of the best people on leadership. He's a best-selling author. People like Ed Milet have been had followed him for a while. I actually heard a conversation with Ed Milet and John Maxwell, and it was amazing. So, John Maxwell has taught a lot of people some amazing tools and the pinnacle of leadership. So, if you don't know who John Maxwell is, go check him out. He's awesome, best-selling author, and my next guest has learned a lot from him. So he's also a millennial best-selling author himself and the host of the Going North podcast. His name is Dom Brightman. Um, I was connected to Dom, and I was interested in his story and the impact he's making. So you guys, I'm sure, will too. He's got a great personality, and this was a lot of fun. So hope you guys enjoy. As always, rate, review, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Share it with a friend. Let us know what you think. Dom Brightman coming right up. And we're on. Dom, welcome to the show, my man. Thanks for having me on, Lance. What's, what's happening with you right now? What's going on? Man, I'm just happy to be in class at the University of Adversity, man. Like, dude, this is freaking awesome, man. I'm like, <laughs> shoot, get to be on with this guy. He's 100 plus episodes in. and Yeah, man. Awesome. Well, I would love if you could give us a bit of your backstory. You know, it's always fun to hear where people have come from and, you know, what shaped them along today because we only get in, into dive into so such a small part, you know, in the intro and in our conversation. So maybe if you could give us a little bit of back, a backstory about yourself and maybe fill in the gaps for us, uh, how you got to where you are today, man. Sure thing. Let the cavity filling begin. So basically, backstory. So the back of the book is basically, that was a basically a little church boy growing up with my father, who's a veteran of World War II. My mother, she loved education. They, they both loved education, but my mother went through school a lot longer than my father did. And every Sunday, basically from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., I'd be in church on Sundays getting a biblical foundation and a little public speaking experience, just reciting verses in front of hundreds of people on Sundays and then just being in the books during, its, during school and whatnot. And funny enough, I'm a, I'm like a, I'm basically a geek, but not the A straight A student geek. It's like, I'm basically a C student, especially depending, like where I was at the time, especially in certain schools. Because the public schools nowadays, I mean, heck, a lot, a lot of schooling, traditional schooling, is basically trash. And crap, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna say, uh, yeah, crap, trash. <laughs> it's all, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, and. I actually went to a private cursor school in my later grade school years with eighth grade and all the way up to high school and got basically a nice little lesson in test taking that actually pushed me even harder. And it was hard just to get C's in there. But going further down the road, it actually led me to become an author because the adversity there actually gave me the confidence to keep going because after I was done with all of my classes, I was actually awarded with a small little plaque that said most academic progress. And I'm like, shoot, this is a thing. And it's like, dude, that's kind of like a, 
lesson for life. It's all about progress, not perfection, because so we're all true. learning and growing, man. Yeah, that's so true. And I think Tony Robbins said that the measure of happiness is progress or something, because that is actually what shows us what we're doing and seeing progress is a great feeling. Or what is he? Something about fulfillment comes from progress or something. How was writing a book, man? Like what, what was the process? Yeah, the process, it was an interesting process because all the folks who say write every day, I'm like, okay, I didn't write every day to get a book out. <laughs> and different methods work for different people. I dedicated basically weekends and other weekdays after my day job as a librarian to actually give myself an hour to coffee shop or whatever and just write down thoughts on things like leadership, time management, all these other things. And this all stemmed from this activity where you write your own obituary. And in that obituary, I wrote that I was going to be a best-selling author. And funny enough, my write, I kind of like what I mentioned earlier with the high school as a C student, like I basically almost failed English classes <laughs> back in grade school. It's like, how the hell am I going to write a book? And funny enough, after writing that obituary, a few weeks later, I was at this conference and I was handing out my business card at the time, which was really just a reading list called The 100 Books for Dynamic Living. And one lady asked me where my book was on this list. And I'm like, um, I was like 23 at the time. I'm like, what the hell am I going to write about? I'm 23 to three. This is after I wrote down as a best-selling author in the obituary. So that's kind of funny looking back at it. And a couple of days later, I realized, you know what? After a friend asked you, hey, in, in front of everybody in a Toastmaster meeting when I was giving a Q&A session about a speech and book writing wasn't even mentioned. I decided, you know what? Let me just go ahead and try to get this book done within a year. I said, a year from today, and that was back in November 2016, not 2016, November 2015. I said I was going to have a book done within a year. And then all those weekends after work, those 60 to 90 minute sessions after work with a little coffee or sometimes some chai tea and just writing down my thoughts on certain topics and compiling it all together into the synthesized package called Going North that came to be 10 months later because I had a deadline and deadlines put a dead end on procrastination most of the time. That's and true. That's really how the writing came to be. It was just setting aside, setting aside that time and having a deadline. I like that. The deadline puts an end, or what did you say? Deadline puts an end, puts a dead end on procrastination. procrastination. Man, yeah. that's solid. That's so true, right? Because if we know there's a deadline, we know we, we can't, we can only procrastinate so much. And that's just such a true reality of it, especially with writing a book, especially if you don't say this needs to be done by this time, you're just going to mm -hmm. go, yeah, it's, 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 I'll just do it as like a whatever sort of thing. And it never gets done. Right. Yeah, man. It's freaking in the to-do list bucket of doom where you have all these items that you have expressed off your to-do list. It makes this giant snow bottle snowman is ready to tap you. <laughs> so you're part of John Maxwell's team, right? He's amazing. Ah, he's amazing. He right. Is. Yeah. He man, he's, when I saw that you're involved with that, like that's, it's awesome. Can you just, for anybody that doesn't know John Maxwell, do you mind telling us about him and, you know, involved in like that kind of team and what you've learned and all that stuff? My pleasure, man. John Maxwell, one of the greatest 
men to walk the earth. And, be, and I say that with honor because he helped me to turn my life around with this book called Thinking for a Change. Yeah. And I read that back in 2013 when I was my year of rebirth. And this guy right here, currently he's 72. He's the world's number one leadership authority. And he's 72 years old at the top of his game. And I recently got certified under him this past summer. And just seeing him up there on stage at 72 at such a high level of presenting is really a great thing. And the beautiful thing about it is he's so humble about it because he goes like, hey, y'all get to see the end result. Like, I wish y'all would have seen me back then when I first started because he was actually a young pastor getting a seminary school back in when he was 23, about 50 some years ago yeah. in a small church. And his public speaking skills weren't at where they are today because he would basically go for at least an hour and just basically give facts and figures and whatnot. And he didn't have all the storytelling developed. He didn't have the gesturing developed and he didn't have as much knowledge back then, but he was able to rise through the ranks, get enough leadership experience growing a church back in 2009, California to one of the top 10 growing churches in the nation to basically having this team now of over 25 plus thousand people around the world licensed to teach his material being his legacy legs because he originally thought his books was going to be his legacy. I mean, that's a darn good legacy because he sold 50 plus million books and counting, but to take it on another level, it's like being able to share his name and being licensed to teach his expertise is basically what I'm a part of. And that team is a great team and it just keeps growing and expanding because I have a couple of friends who got certified years ago and one of them, he got cert one of the first 500 to get certified. You got to see John Maxwell at his house and that was great. But now it's almost seven, nine years later and there's just a spirit bomb level of content in the website for the team, just being able to connect with all those wonderful people. So that's who he is, what the team's really all about, just helping people. I saw an interview with him and um, Ed Milet. Mm. Amazing, amazing. And I really love how, okay, you know, everybody's got their beliefs, religion, spirituality, whatever it is, which I love and I appreciate. I loved his message, though, about how it's all the same message, you know, coming from religion, the Bible, whatever. It's, it's, it's the message that, that leadership, that love. Like, I just love how that's such a universal thing that we're all craving. And it's all about leadership is so important. You know, yeah, man. <laughs> it's, right. it's so important. And, and hearing him talk about that and how it's relatable for everybody and everybody in business and life and personal development. You know, I think a lot of times we try and overcomplicate so many things and it just comes back to basic. There's such, mm -hmm. it's just basics, right? So for you as a, you know, learning to be a leader and learning from somebody like that, what makes a good leader? You know, what are some things common denominators that keep coming up that he talks about that you've learned and you've really kind of taken on in your own life that you love to kind of follow and become the best you can be as a leader? Sure thing. Character is one of the biggest things about being a leader because when it comes to leadership, people see, people do. Funny enough, yesterday I was on break from the day jobs librarian and I was in a 7-Eleven at a convenience store and I had this bottle of juice like under my shoulder and I had a few other 
like for example, I was going to buy some colleagues or whatever. And then I put those on the table and funny enough, I actually went to Subway and had a bag in my hand as well. And those four items were all on the counter. I paid for them already. And then as soon as I was about to walk out the door, I realized, wait a second, I got this juice still tucked in my shoulder. I walked back and I showed the guy the receipt and I was like, dude, I didn't pay for this. Like, and, and he just had this huge shock on his face. Like, you're a good man. Like, you are a good man. I'm like, yeah. and I was like, shoot, man. Like, like I, at that time, it's like I probably could have got away because he didn't know what was going on. And there was some angry customer that walked out the door like a minute before I walked up. And it was just plain forgetfulness and just having character when nobody's looking, even at the smallest moments. And I'm like, I'm not really saying it to make myself out to be a hero, but to just make the important fact that, like, dude, like, when people see, people do. And, like, people are watching when you least expect it. Like, it may not be Timex or Rolex, but people are watching, man. And people see and people do. So character and just being honest and being a great communicator and always working at yourself. Not to say a growth mindset is also what makes a great leader because if you're stagnate, you're basically going to be stuck in the glory days. And those glory days are basically going to be those old gray days if you don't grow from them. Mm. And that's just really some of the things that make a leader is having character, being honest, having a growth mindset, and just having a desire to help people. And the levels of help, they do vary because some folks is like, hey, we got to have the law of divine compensation in place. Like, hey, at least exchange a little fee here every now and then. So that way I can at least keep myself awake because that's another thing too. Mm. Not just leaders, but heck, actually leaders all together because we're all leaders, but we're all wells of knowledge walking around. And our lives, our stories are wells. All of our energy that we expend each and every day is a well. And people draw from that. And depending on the number of people you serve on the daily, folks are going to draw from your well, whether it be through having a listening ear. Like listening is great. Always listen. We got two ears, one mouth, as the classic saying goes. But you have to also give yourself time to be silent. Give yourself time to be quiet and listen to yourself and meditate and be mindful. So that way you can keep your well of metaphorical water full. Because if people keep drawing and taking from you, you're not going to be able to lead effectively because people are draining from you. So those are just some things about leadership. Man, that's awesome. That was, that was incredible. I, um, there's one, there's a couple things that really struck me there. Um, was that, and this is, this is showed up a few times in a couple conversations. It's how you show up when nobody's looking, right? Like how it's the things and, and you're right. You know, you could have got away with it at the store. And I think we've all done that. I've been in this others. I've been, I've had the both situations where like, Oh, I didn't pay for that. Ooh, I got a good, I got that. But then you're like, yeah, but is this a test? And then I've also gone back and been like, Hey, I didn't pay for that. And it's like, there's, Yeah, there's always like a character analysis being done, I feel like, you know, from whoever's watching, whatever you believe, or whether it's just yourself. It's, um, I think that's so important. And I think we forget that, that we think somebody physically has to be there watching, but that's not always the way it is. And it's very, I'm glad you brought that up. I also really like how you brought up communication, because that was going to be my next thing about 
what you what do you feel communication is important because at the end of the day isn't that the one of the, the well if not the most important thing out there because you can't be a leader unless you can communicate right you can't oh, yeah. you can't lead people you can't sell anything to anybody you can't do anything to anybody from human to human or through a computer if you can't communicate right amen I'll, right there it's i was trying to think about you know the other day what is the most important thing and i really believe communication is that what it about is. you what do you think about communication and how effective is that at getting your message to people in an effective way and how does that help you in all areas yeah man communication is important and one thing that folks need to keep in mind is that communication is not always verbal there's like the classic statistic somewhere that always changes like 7% of your communication is words. Everything else, 93% is basically your body language, which you convey to people. Mm. Enough, a few years ago at, at my church, we did this boot camp thing for the kids, both the boys and the girls. And it was time at night and I was with one of the folks in the youth ministry at the time. We just stayed overnight at the church because we wanted to have a center for folks to get that inspiration and have that boot camp setting without going to an actual boot camp because some of the kids needed it. Mm. And one of the kids from the church, he actually helped me and mentioned that you're a really cool dude because I thought you were a real intimidating dude at first. I'm like, what? Really? Me intimidating? And it really stuck it out for me because he never, because me and this younger teenager guy, we never really had a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And most times he probably saw me was in passing or when I was up there in prayer mode and I can be pretty intense. Think of a black Baptist church with the sweat and everything else. And it's like, but when you communicate with someone one-on-one, -on -one, it's a real different story. And that showed me something. Your physical presence is very integral to communication because you can say something great out of your mouth, but if your face is squinched up and trying to be nice to somebody, they're not going to take it as you being nice. Mm -hmm. They're going to see it as you being uncomfortable. It's always being aware that your face and your body language matches your words that you say. And especially after you've been on a planet for a few years, you can pick up a book on body language to advance yourself and amplify it. But after a while, you're going to pick up certain cues from just looking at people and be like, all right, this guy isn't interested. This person slumped down. They're not confident. And just the power and heck, even the volume of the words you speak to volume can even say what you're really thinking. Cause if you're speaking low and when you're probably asking for something, then that's also a part of like bad communication as well. So communication is indeed part of leadership and people see people do. So if people see you, they're going to see you first before they hear you speak. And if they see you giving off this vibe of negative energy, like if your arms are crossed, it's like, okay, this person doesn't want to be bothered. And you're not going to be able to really show that you really care about people because that's one thing I had to work on. And still working on today is just making sure the body language sticks with the words I speak because no matter what, the body will speak and, heck, even your actions will speak even louder than your words ever will. Yeah. So do you, have you had, so when you do public speaking, have you had a lot of training? You know, like, have you, because it really is an art, isn't it? It is. Somebody, somebody <laughs> it is. that you, somebody that you see on the stage, they make it look like it's easy. 
but it's really it's really a, a fine-tuned thing like it's not you know you you see somebody that's never done it before versus somebody that has and it's quite amazing how and and even watching the flow of the conversation and how yeah i mean it's i find it fascinating it's kind of the next thing that i want to get into as well and maybe you could talk about public speaking in your, in your own like doing it for yourself and how that's been for you oh yeah so for those who haven't heard about toastmasters international look it up join your local club attend regularly if the club meets twice a month do twice a month and make sure you always attend and give speech volunteer to speak and have a topic that you can speak on in your back pocket because your level of commitment will decide your level of certainty on the stage when it gets to that point where you get on bigger stages as well as the level of confidence you're going to have in the future because even though everybody has the same goal in that room of becoming better their level of commitment is different. So if your level of commitment to the program and the process of attending up, attending and showing up regularly, that'll pay off, especially when you practice a lot. And that's a lot of thing about public speaking, just having conversations with people and inserting some of your one-liners in out of nowhere. I'm known for my corny <laughs> jokes <laughs> and I practice those on people to their suffering or to their satisfaction <laughs> depending yeah. on the person or quote-unquote victim and just random conversations getting a podcast like this one getting in clubs at toastmasters and then speaking in front of students at schools and heck even my time at church it's like yeah give me the confidence to speak in front of people but being in a place where you're not in that spiritual setting where you have to really pay attention more to your vocal variety where you're not monotone the whole time. We're not going full Ben Stein, clear eyes the whole 90 minutes. And like half the room is dead. You actually see the word clouds popping out of their heads and like, oh man, is he done yet? It's just stuff like that. Always practicing because that's how folks get good is that yeah. they practice the same message over and over again. And it's going to be different every time because even though the stories may be the same for Les Brown or the late great Zig Ziglar, Grant Cardone and others, I mean, yeah, the stories are the same, but they may be, they're going to be a different person each time we get on stage because it's a different audience, a different crowd. Heck, even I remember one time a couple of years ago, was watching two different keynotes Grant was giving. One on YouTube, I think it was to a network marketing group. I think they're selling beauty products. And then another one was him selling to, talking to a bunch of car salesmen. In the car salesman speech, his presentation was a lot stronger because he resonated with those, with that artist because that's where he came from mm. compared to the other group because they, even though he was the master of sales and, and still is a master of sales, it was still a different group where he doesn't have as much experience with that as opposed to the car salesman. So it also depends on the audience too and always know your audience because funny enough, last year after getting paid for a speaking engagement. I was happy and I was invited to speak in front of these groups of kids for Martin Luther King Day breakfast. And speaking of breakfast, they, they were serving a lot of food. I ate a lot of food and I was low energy for that half an hour. And after I was done, some of them kids were asleep because <laughs> I, was, I was low energy after eating all that food and yeah. I was cocky going in. And that's another thing too. It's like, don't always go in thinking, hey, no matter how much experience you have, never go in cocky thinking that 
you're going to reach everybody because one, you can't reach everybody. And two, if you don't come in prepared enough with enough stories for the different group that you're speaking to, then you're basically going to bomb and you're going to have a story for later of how you got to overcome that. Well, you got to have state management, right? Like Tony Robbins talks about, you know, your, your state has to be elevated. You like, because if you want to elevate other people, you need to be at that level. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, yeah, you have to know like your kryptonite, like what, what brings you down before speech, right? Or it's that kind of thing, even with a podcast, you know, like for me, when I got three or four interviews in a day, I, I, I don't, I, I like to fast. I do intermittent fast. I have my coffee nice. and I don't have my first meal. Like I haven't eaten yet today. It's 3 PM. And it's like, I feel great. You know, I've had, and, but if I was to have had a big lunch in between, there's no way that I could be dial in and, and be on top of my game. Like I am. So I think as you, you develop and you become, whether it's a good podcaster or a speaker, you start to learn what allows you to elevate your state because you have that responsibility if you want to have that good conversation. And people listening, if you're, <laughs> if you're putting them, you know, like, well, they can read off the energy of the conversation, right? If you sound like you're going to sleep, they're not going to want to listen. So, you know, it's, it's really interesting. So I like that you brought that up because that's a lot of times – how you, you win that audience is how your state is and how you manage it, right? So, Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I find it interesting watching people like Grant Cardone and, and these big speakers because you really, it's all, it, you feed off that energy of the crowd too. I've never done public speaking. It's something that I want to do, but I can definitely tell you, as you can probably agree, doing a podcast really helps you at speaking in general you know it does <laughs> it does being able to connect with people and have be able to like not only talk about things but be able to take conversations where you need to go and it actually improves your life outside of it as well talk about your podcast journey with us how did it start why did you do it and you know you know i'd love to hear about it man sure thing so back in 2014, I believe. I think it was 2014. I had this idea. It's like, you know what? Folks been telling me for years I got this radio voice. Let me start a podcast. I have no idea on what it's going to be, but I'm going to start one. Two years later, my book comes out, and I'm like, yeah, all right, good. I got a book. Then I lose my father after his six-year struggle with dementia in March 2017 after the book, publishing of the book. And then I just slacked off on the book itself. I forgot all about it. I was going through some grief. I didn't Realized that I was going through, I wasn't fully self-aware. I realized, you know what? Sales have been slipping for the book. So let me try to promote the book. And I'll start a podcast to promote my book. I'll call it the Mr. Music and Reads podcast. And talking with a buddy of mine over some coffee. She was like, hey, why don't you call it the Going North podcast? Because your book is basically a brand, Going North. And I'm like, shoot, why not? So changed the name to Going North podcast. Basically did a backlog of recordings. I recorded about a good... 10 interviews in August of 2017 yeah. and launched in September that year with a good six episodes on SoundCloud. And then I finally got on iTunes two weeks later after launching Ellipson and then just basically doing a different author every week. And it was every Thursday, a different author comes on, they 
share the stories of inspiration, tell them how they tell people how they wrote the book and all of the good stuff. And then around episode 32, it was March of 2018, I get this email from a rep at Interview Connections to try to interview Damian Luco, this black belt martial arts millionaire who founded a martial arts hybrid system known as Yogi Do, Yoga and Aikido. And I'm like, shoot, this is awesome. Then I get another email from another media company wanting me to interview a guy named Charlie Harari. I'm like, eh, really? Okay, this is cool. And then the emails kept coming in and whatnot. I'm like, okay, I'm just a random black guy from Baltimore. How the hell are these people finding me? And one guy I interviewed, and he was in New Mexico. I'm like, shoot, how the hell did you find me? <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm, and he said I was listed on Steve Olson's list as one of the top 10 self-help podcasts in the world for last year. And I'm like, what? How the hell I on that one? I'm That's like, awesome, man. Yeah. I'm like, dude, like it was next to Brandon Burchard and Gretchen Rubin, Lewis House. I'm like, these guys get millions of views and hits. I'm like, how the hell am I next to these folks? And then that explained it. And that was all because of consistency because I set myself up for success by doing 10 interviews the month before, then launching with six episodes, but having at least a good four more episodes to launch every week after that. And then I kept networking with others in my network that I've gained through just publishing my own book and vending and all that stuff. And then it got to the point where I stayed consistent enough with it for six months plus, and then it exploded. And now it's a bi-weekly show every Monday and Thursday where it's a different author every week. And it could be folks, whether it be like a millionaire or multimillionaire or heck, even spiritual folks who love animals and all this other stuff. So it's really a diverse, motley crew that kind of got on the podcast. And I kind of like it that way because it levels the playing field in a way because it's, it's not all about getting nothing but the big time, big name guests. Once you get somebody in there, because you know what, we're, we're all human. It's just that our decision making sets us apart. Mm -hmm. And I've said this to people too, is that some people go, I only get, I only want like big guests. It's like, yeah, but the best interviewers can pull out the amazing stuff. They don't have to be famous. It's mm -hmm. about the conversation because you can find out things about people and you can make the conversation exciting by being, by listening and, and asking the right questions, right? A lot of times I've talked about this before. You go after these big famous people. They've been on so many shows that they don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> they, they, they really like, they don't, they, they just don't have that twinkle in their eye. Like they used to telling their story. Right. And that's why I feel like if you are going to have those kind of people, you got to find things that you want to talk about that aren't about the normal stuff all the time. And I feel, you know, that's, that can be powerful. And for yourself, I mean, you got authors. So authors are very interesting people. I mean, a lot of people are authors now, but there's really, it's something really cool to be able to write a book and you know, it's something that I want to do as well. So I love talking to people that have been able to accomplish that from going from A to B or A to Z and being able to, <laughs> to be able to have a book or A to Z as you guys call them. I'm up in, I'm up in Canada, up North. So, um, really yeah. North. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so who has been, who's been your favorite or the most impactful 
uh, author you've in, interviewed or is there any that have kind of caught you off guard or that was really hit home for you? Oh man, I feel like I should have saw this question coming, but um, it, it's a really hard one because it doesn't have to be your favorite. Like it's not like, Oh my favorite. It means like, so, uh, and this could go with the podcast too, right? It's people right. ask me like, who's been, I, I like the question, who's been the most impactful? Like who's impacted you? Like where you were like, Whoa, I didn't expect that. Or, Something like that. There's been a couple, especially like in the earlier episodes too. And let's see, man, there's been like so many. <laughs> man, all right, let's see. I'll just probably go with, well, one of them is Antonio T. Smith. And he used to be Les Brown's business advisor a couple of years ago. And he broke off because he wanted to make his own name famous. So that one was probably one of the most impactful ones because he went through a lot in his time as being a young young guy because he was homeless and when he was a little kid, he basically never knew what his original birth date was and he went to school and he had to basically memorize textbooks because he couldn't afford them. And that gave him an edge later down the road when he had to learn languages. And he's a multimillionaire guy and he's also a preacher as well where he has a small church and a small congregation where nobody's employed, but everybody's a millionaire. Like, dude, that's one of the most powerful things. It's like, because some spiritual realm, especially in the Christian area, where you see these big-time priests on TV, they, they get flat for all these private jets. But this, this guy right here, he's a millionaire, and he's making his congregation members millionaires too. And that's really what really did it all for me, because he's out in Texas, and he survived that horrible storm that they had a few years ago. I, I forgot which hurricane it was because they had names for all of them. There's been so many lately over the last, you know, 15 years. Yeah. And it was just after that where he became a preacher because he had heard his voice from God. It's like, hey, how can you let my people suffer like, like this? Because he was suffering too. And he just figured, you know what? He just went, ahead and just went out on his own with a few people after being a part of Joel Osteen's church and learning from him. And then became a pastor himself, and he's a at least he was a pastor until recently. He retired because he basically wants to focus on his business, business that he has right now. But just being able to transform that and actually help others to become wealthy, because one of my life mottos I like to go by is advance others to advance yourself. And if you're advancing those around you, and you in turn get better from that experience, then you'll definitely definitely change for the better that's probably been one of the more impactful interviews and heck even another one that i'll mention will be a one that i had i think it was with nancy Gaines. she was episode eight mm -hmm. and one of the things that she mentioned is that the advice she gave to entrepreneurs is that when people start coming to you for advice and business that means you're on the right path as an entrepreneur because if you're just basically drilling down and grinding every day with no feedback and you finally get that feedback after all those months of hard work, then that's a sign that you're on the right path. Uh, yeah. People coming, when people start to come to you for advice, it's a funny shift, especially <laughs> when you're grinding and you're starting and then all of a sudden you start to see that 
it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting shift because you're like wait a minute and you sometimes there's the lack of worthiness there's the lack of like what i don't know what i'm doing but people don't <laughs> well because the conversations we have right but people see you as this almost like um expert in your area right and to some people to themselves they don't see that that the others see right that's, yeah, and, and that yeah. can really that can really happen and i really liked what you said about how you when you advance others when you try and 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 i really love that about about this industry that we're in the podcasting because it, it i mm-hmm. love i love sharing people's stories man i love getting into it and then and then allowing the listeners to get something out of it and then allowing you know we give our listeners content or our our guests content to share and we share it and i i love that feeling because it's we have the power to make that impact and to be able to get stories out there and at the end of the day, I mean, we're here for such a short period of time. You got to make yeah, some yeah. sort of impact, right? Yeah, man. You got you're right to. You're right about that, man. <laughs> it's, and, it, and that that's what brings the fulfillment. Because if you're not making an impact, then what are, what are we doing? <laughs> man, we just being some failure turtles, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Are, do you have uh, what are you working on now? Like what's what's happening? What's what's what do you got going on in the next little while here? Yeah, so right now working on starting some mastermind sessions based off of uh, a leadership books. Going to be doing one based off of leadership. John Maxwell's uh, late, latest book. And right now, my favorite book from him because it it's really a great one. So eleven lessons of shifting yourself to I've heard, a yeah. higher level of greatness. So basically yourself from ladder climber to ladder builder so working on that mastermind as well as another one based off of the 15 laws of growth and just basically basing my basically five-week mastermind for that one just taking three chapters each week it's going to be all virtual so you can be anywhere in the world and basically join the mastermind session where we all just grow together so be basically those masterminds and also still going strong with the going north podcast got a lot of other folks lined up especially some first time authors in the project for a book called from chaos to clarity and that's going to be interesting as well looking forward to just doing some more speaking as well and getting more into the speaking as well because uh i have to admit i've been slacking off from the speaking this year compared to last year and i plan on getting back more into that so if there's anyone out there who's looking to have a chocolate millennial best-selling author on their stage to motivate the kids and other millennials or just to give some solid good dad jokes to make the money and an army man <laughs> <laughs> solid dad jokes i love it oh that's great man where's yeah perfect man where can everybody find you Sure thing. You could just Google me, Dom Brightman. I'm on dombrightman.vip. Yes, .vip is a domain name. I'm on Instagram, the Facebooks, LinkedIn, LinkedIn especially. I, that's another thing I'm trying to work on to up my LinkedIn game because that's where the wonderful symphony is happening. I don't want to say noise. This is called a business symphony. So feel yeah. free to connect me there and check out the Going North podcast, subscribe, and Hopefully looking to have Lance on in their future when he gets that book of his out soon because you got some stories, man. Yeah, man. There, it's it, it's it's not in the works yet, but it's gonna. 
I got a couple books in me, man. A couple different. I I know it. It's I um I'd love to, man. And and my man, I appreciate this. This has been a lot of fun, and I I, I love to just. That's such a platform right now that is powerful for organic reach and you know for making videos. So, um, yeah, man, um, it's it's definitely something that we both need to capitalize on because I'm not either. So, but uh, I'll make sure to have all of the all your information in the show notes for people to check you out. Don Brightman, I'll have all that. Is is there anywhere else that we can send people? Or is that is that pretty much it? Super simple. I mean, heck, if you want to head to my desktop version site, donbrightman.com, head over there too. Because cool. right now working on migrating it over from Wix to something else because it sucks on the mobile phone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but the contact page still works. So, oh yeah. And you can also email me at, dom, at donbrightman.com. I'm happy to respond to your emails as well. Unless you're trying to recruit me in some giant, pyramid scheme where I get a picture of BMW. <laughs> Guys, no recruiting Dom, all right? He's heard it all. He's tired of it. He's tired of it. And and your podcast. And your podcast. We gotta make sure to send people there. So that's right. Awesome, man. Well, there's one question I always ask at the end of the show. What is one lesson that adversity has taught you? Adversity has taught me that no matter what happens, if you are still alive after that moment, you have someone to teach and you have someone to inspire and someone to encourage. <laughs> Don Brightman, Don Brightman with the mic drop, everybody. Awesome, man. I, thanks for coming and hanging out with us. I had a lot of fun and we'll make sure that everybody has everything they need to check you out. Woohoo! Slide <laughs> to the DMs too if you want. That's right. <laughs> Dom Brightman, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Check out Dom. Go follow him. See what he's up to. Appreciate you guys. Catch you next time. Have a great day. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.